Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255. Welcome to the long weekend. And to celebrate the long weekend, our gift to you is Doris here instead of Paul. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome, everybody. (laughs) And Frank is here, too. How are you, Frank? Ah, Who cares? Dora's here. I don't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Another weekend of of Zooming. 106 now. My goodness. Time sure flies. I'm hoping in the summer now, eh? Hoping in the summer we'll be back in the studio. We have we have zoomed more times than there are listings on the market. <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost, almost, almost. Are they getting any it's better, been a Dora? Long, long time. Are they getting any better? Uh, they are getting better. We are seeing a bit of a hike and climb. And I know uh, Paul usually focuses on area 601 to 9404. So in 601 to 9404 Which, this morning, where, there where, were... Where's that now exactly? Sorry? Where's that? Uh, uh, far east. It's the city. Far west. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah, the yeah. city. I'd like to focus more on the core. So if we look at, um, so if like we Orleans, look at the area of Orleans, 601 Canada? to 9404. Orleans, Canada area? Orleans can, uh, I'd say Carlton Place down to um, Riverside South and Manatic, et cetera, out to Orleans. Okay. For me, that's the core. And in the core right now, we have 648 residential listings, which does not seem like a lot, but it is more than we've had. In the entire area of 60, of 601 to 9404, there are 1,348 listings with about a th- just over 1,000 residential and just under 300 in condo. So, but in the city core, we're 648 residential and about 245 sales in the last seven days. So, which is a trend that is newer for us because there there are fewer sales and there are there there were fewer sales than there are listings. So, we are seeing a bit of an increase in inventory. We're up about 10 percent in inventory from this time last year, um, and. Pricing is, you know, it, it's still increasing, albeit at a smaller rate. We are seeing the prices increase and increase. Um, the decrease in volume for March, about 12% in residential and about 10% in condo. So fewer, fewer number, fewer sales, um, a decrease volume in sales, but we're still trending well above the, uh, the five-year average. Very robust market still, strong start to the season. And, uh, you know, March was a bit slower and we're not quite sure why. We don't know. Is that you, Frank? That is not me. That is a dog that's in my room that's looking for a treat. <laughs> oh, Phoebe, <baby>, stop it. <laughs> I thought you had a girlfriend over for a minute there. <laughs> so um, March was a bit slower. We, we don't know if, you know, that was attributed to the weather. The weather in March of 2022 was very different than the weather we had in March of 2021, Um, much colder, much snowier, much rainier. Um, Is it sort of the uncertainty of the global economy? Is it inflation? Is it higher interest rates? Or is it just that restrictions lifted? And much like summer of last year, people focused on family, friends, entertainment rather than, than home purchases. 
Um, April traditionally is sort of the peak of the market, and it's going to be a really, really good indicator for us this year what we can expect to come in the coming months. All but, right. Elephant in the room, interest rates. Oh, tough week. Bank of Canada raised 50 basis points, which we anticipated was going to happen. The market had priced that in. Um getting tougher and tougher to qualify. I mean, not only have the prices of homes gone up, but now you've got the cost of borrowing that's gone up tremendously over the last 12 to 14 months, has gradually gone up over the last two or three months to the point where it's gone up well over one percentage point just in the last month and a half. So, you know, now you're looking at 4% as the kind of average interest rate you're looking at, where a short 14 months ago was less than 2%. So more expensive, we're trending upwards still, unfortunately. I still believe that variable is the way to go. My own personal opinion, I, I still think variable is the best option because I don't believe that this can continue. Uh, nobody expected them to go up this much. There, there isn't one economist out there that three months ago thought that fixed rates would be at 4% and prime would go up as quickly as it did. We were anticipating prime going up, but obviously world events have, have sped it up a little bit. And, uh, yeah, and inflation, you know, it's not. Right? Inflation, uh, we saw the inflation coming, but we certainly didn't see the war happening the way it has and impacting prices across the world, not only here. Trust me. I mean, uh, you look at other cities and they're all going through the same thing right now. Other countries are all experiencing the same hardships right now. So, uh, but I don't think that can continue. And they can say what they want. I've always, you know, and I've been saying for years now that, you know, 4%. I think is the cap when it comes to five-year fixed mortgages. And I think we've reached it really, really quickly because of unforeseen circumstances. Um, And I think that we're going to start to see Canadians feel the effects of the higher interest rates and it's going to impact the economy and, and they're going to have to figure out a way to make sure that rates don't continue to go up because another quarter or half percent, which is expected in June is going to impact the economy tremendously. Now, we're not going to see that impact until the summer, but in the summer, we're going to start to hear the R word because it's already starting to creep Mm -hmm. in in some of the uh, conversations that we're hearing. So uh, once the recession hits, then all of a sudden now we've got other issues that we got to deal with. Yeah, well, the cost of living is so much more expensive and just, I mean, the, the changing interest rates have lowered buying power. It hasn't really tempered the pricing in, in Ottawa, but it, it at some point, we all know it has to come to an end, right? We're going to see a bit of a plateau for sure, for sure. Well, I think we're almost there. I think on a house prices, I'd like to think that we're there. That being said, we still have a supply issue. At least everybody's acknowledging, including our government's acknowledging it now. Yeah. Now, everything that they put in place with their budget will help in 2024, 2025, 2026, right. assuming That's the municipalities right. pitch in. But it's not going to help this year or next year because it's going to take that long. And I just noticed this morning, I'm reading the newspaper, and I noticed a builder promoting online. Like you can buy your – you can go in for a lot online, like you can buy online. So, again, I mean, your industry, the real estate industry, the mortgage industry, we're all – evolving. We're all having to adapt because there's lots Mm -hmm. of changes happening. So buy online just like an e-signature? Buy online just like reserve your lot is what it looked like. I didn't go into it, but uh, uh, it looks like you can go in and reserve your lot just by going online instead of having to go wait in line or or, uh, I don't know what's involved. And I don't know whether they've got lineups still, Dora, like are builders still 
playing the we'll release three locks That's this right. weekend and everybody That's line right. up kind of thing. It's and, and it's a lottery system. It is. It's a lottery system still for a lot of builders, and they're releasing very, very small increments of, of homes and lots, which is creating even more of this, you know, upward pressure on on homes. And it's really, really, uh, it's not fun for buyers. However, the inventory is creeping up. We are 10% higher inventory than we were this time last year. So buyers are coming out of the woodwork, and people are sort of feeling encouraged that they can buy. But with the rising interest rates, with sort of the global uncertainty, with, you know, the promise of a potential recession, it feels like last month was a little bit in limbo. Um, I think now people are, are calmer and, and we're seeing the sales pick up a little bit. Hey, Frank, that gap between um, a fixed mortgage and a variable mortgage is now just a little over 1%. So at what point do you think you should jump into fixed as opposed to variable? Because it looks like the next bank get together is when? June? June 1st. And they assume they're going to go up again, right? Yeah, a quarter point or half a point, depending on how the inflation numbers, which the inflation numbers are going to be high. Let's call a spade a spade. I mean, the inflation Mm -hmm. numbers for the month of March are going to be high. We've seen now gas prices haven't gone up as much, I think, in the month of March as they did in the month of February. We saw the big increase in the month of February. I think in the month of March, we saw them go up and kind of stabilize towards the end of the month. But the cost of food is up tremendously. Cost of everything is up. So... You know, I expect the inflation number to come in anywhere between six and eight percent, which is much higher than they want it to. I mean, they're trying to keep it between two and three percent. So, uh, you know, that's going to pressure the markets to increase the bond markets uh, or to increase the uh, that again. So, so at the end of the day, I mean, we're still looking at uh, someone's at the door too. You see, there's my dogs barking. The beauty of Welcome doing this from Zoom. home. This is Welcome what comes. The this is what we've come to the last two years. So funny thing is, you're the only one making noise there, Frank. <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean. I, I, hey, I, I mean, I think we've all started to kind of prepare ourselves for these increased costs, uh, and I think it's going to take away some of that that discretionary spending that we've seen over the last two years. You know, people aren't going to buy their toys anymore. I think it's hard to get new cars anyway, but I think people are going to settle for used cars and we're going to start to see it really impact the economy. And I think people are going to buy the necessities when it comes to groceries. They're not going to buy the extra stuff that they normally buy. So uh, I think we're going to start to feel it. And I think in the you know late summer, fall, we're really going to start to see what really needs to be done to make sure that our economy gets back on its feet because it's going to it's going to struggle. You think as no rates question. go up, inventory will go up? Do you think the two are connected? I, I I think so. I mean, every half a point, every quarter point decreases people's buying power, and and sort of the the flux is making some people not want to go ahead. Frank, yeah, first time home buyers are in yeah. trouble right now. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, you know, as much as they could still qualify. We qualified them at five and a quarter over the last year or two, but at the end of the day, it wasn't about the five and a quarter. It was about what was their actual payment. And now they're seeing that their actual payment is significantly higher than it was a year ago. Therefore, that's the decision maker for them. It's not whether, you know, they could have afforded an $1,800 mortgage payment. What they can't afford is a $2,500 mortgage payment. And that's what they're facing when you're buying a $700,000 townhome with 5% down. You know, all of a sudden you're looking at monthly payments with taxes of three thousand bucks a month, thirty two hundred. And then for some people, they're saying we're just barely making ends meet and we're renting for two thousand. How can we afford thirty two hundred bucks? And that's mm-hmm. what I think we're seeing right now. 
521-TALK-521-8255. Sorry, Dora. We'll be right back. we got to let Frank <laughs> take right. the dog out and uh, <laughs> go get the peace, people waiting at the front door. <laughs> <laughs> We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. Dora, do you remember what a first-time homebuyer looks like? Are they few and far between these days? Or are you, <laughs> you still seeing they, them? No, they're, they're, they're so wonderful to work with. They really, really are. And it's not age-dependent. It's just, it's it's a big learning process, and it's a difficult market to navigate. So um, with the interest rates going up, with the inventory being, you know, as as low as it is, though it is above the five-year average, first-time homebuyers are... Uh, they're super keen and they're really knowledgeable, which which is nice. But they're still um, around. You still find they them? are. They are. I, they are still around. They are still around. And I think too. I mean, if you look at our inventory in Ottawa, the inventory for residential properties, which are now you know thirteen percent up from this time last year at eight hundred and fifty three thousand on average. Condominiums are up about ten percent from this time last year at four hundred and eighty thousand dollars on average. Um, the inventory for residential properties is about 10% higher than last year, but for condos is about 20% lower. And I think that is, is where we're seeing a lot of first time home buyers focus, you know, changes in pricing because of affordability. We're seeing a lot more first time home buyers go towards condominiums, whether they're apartments, whether they're townhouse condominiums, that's where we're, we're seeing that trend go. And I mean, it, it does come down to affordability. Any advice for first-time homebuyers going into a condo, Frank, things to look out for? Well, it's an entry point, I think, for some of them. And that's what they're, you know, they were hoping for a townhouse, but they're having to settle for for a condo right now because that's their entry point. And uh, if that's the entry point, then go for it. I mean, uh, you know, as long as you get your lawyer to do their due diligence, which is check the financials, uh, check the status certificate, make sure that uh, everything is in line so that you don't get hit with, uh, surprise assessments down the road um, and higher condo fees because obviously those impact the value of the That's property right. itself. Uh, you know, if condo fees double because they've got to redo the roof or redo all the windows in the condos, then all of a sudden it, it makes it less attractive to sell when you're ready to sell it. But, you know, it's an entry point and everybody has to do their own math. And at the end of the day, I mean, statistics out there are showing that basically the uh you know the way things have gone the rich get richer and yeah. you know you've got more uh you know homeowners that have built up some incredible equity over the last two years three years that are now saying maybe we hang on to this house and we get lots of clients calling us saying they want to move up to the next home but they really want to hang on to this one so it's not helping first time home buyers because instead of those houses going on the market these individuals are keeping them as investments and nothing wrong with that because they've earned the right to do it but it does impact uh, the market tremendously because, you know, it, it, it holds back properties that normally would be available for first time home buyers. So an example is exactly that, the condo where yeah. somebody might buy a condo and they live in it and they build up enough equity in it over the next five years that they say, we're going to hang on to it as an investment property. We'll rent it out and we'll pull some of the equity out and we'll buy our, our, our maybe our townhouse or a single home. And keep that, but that now that keeps that property off the hands of potentially a first-time home buyer being able to buy it. The, the, absolutely true, and absolutely true of, of you know more entry-level townhomes as well. 
we're seeing a, a significant number of people hold on to them and keep them as rentals. Um, just because there, there's been such, such an increase in equity, you know, some, it took 10 years before to build the kind of equity people have built up in the last 24 months. Agreed. So it's, uh, it really is, it's, it's unfortunate for those who are looking, um, but, 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 but we do see more homes coming up, which is good news for, for some buyers. It is, you know, at the same time, we're seeing buyers excited that the inventory is going up and we're seeing sellers a little bit upset that the inventory is going up because all of a sudden there is some competition, right? Hey, these, so, these sellers have had it pretty good for two years. They, they <laughs> have. They certainly have. But it uh, it's it's creating a little bit of competition. And more and more, we are seeing homes um, not receive offers on offer day. Now, don't get me wrong. Homes are still selling and they're selling very, very quickly. Um, but there are some homes that tend to to sit around for a little bit longer. And buyers and don't want to feel that pressure anymore of having to make a quick decision, mm-hmm. right? Well, I think that it, it, it ebbs and flows there, right? So there, there, there is a sort of buyer fatigue where people think, oh, I've already been outbid three, four, eight times. I'm going to take a bit of a break. And, and then we're seeing some properties that are listing at a more traditional sale price where we're not seeing the underpricing we're seeing sort of where the the price point where we expect it to transact and we're sort of trending towards that i mean we do need four months of inventory in order to be considered a balanced market and we are far from that but we are seeing sort of hints that we're going to get there where are we at about a month and change now uh I'd say I don't even think a month to be honest wow. with you because the the um the way the uh the way the offers are going um we're still sort of artificially keeping the cumulative days on market a bit higher by having the no conveyance so a home that could have sold in 24 48 hours is sitting on the market for 8 9 days while people have an opportunity to look at it and then put their bids in so we're we're artificially extending that I think it, it actually is a bit lower than we think. Now, we'll probably see less and less of that as more listings hit the market, right? Because you don't want to wait that two weeks where somebody could go somewhere else and grab a property now. That's right. And as more homes come up, your home may all of a sudden not be the best one suited for that buyer. Yeah. And so that's where, where you know we've become acclimatized to everything selling and everything selling regardless of condition and and homes are still selling and there's still a lot of interest in homes um but there are properties that are selling disproportionately higher you know the ones that people have maintained over the years the ones that have been updated the ones that have had um capital invested in them are seeing better returns and faster sales than the ones that need a little bit of work depending on the area of course um, but so, you know, buyers are, are getting a bit pickier and, and they have the right to be because it's like you said, sellers have had it pretty good for a couple of years. So we are seeing a little bit of a shift that way. I always, you know, that- I feel really good. I, I, I feel really good for seniors who have stayed in their homes, uh, only because let's, let's call a spade a spade over the last five, seven, 10 years. The return on their investment has been less than than admirable. So, you know, the fact that they've stayed in their homes and the cost of living has gone up much more than what they're, you know, if they have money in their bank accounts, they're lucky if they're getting a quarter of a percent on it. So for them, it's been tougher and tougher and their pensions don't don't, you know, don't carry them as far as they used to. 
So now to see that they've built up some equity, I, you know, I really feel good for, for senior citizens who have stayed in their homes and, uh, you know, when they are ready to sell now, they'll certainly get some money and allow them to live a much more comfortable life if they have to go into a retirement and or nursing home. You finding more people yeah. tapping into the equity now, Frank, and doing renovations that, and just deciding to stay in their home? Two young couples this week that thought about buying from a builder and just totally scratched it all together because they looked at it and they said, number one, the house is not ready for two years. Uh, With interest rates going up, where are rates going to be two years from now in their minds? That's what they're saying. Like, what are we getting ourselves into? And how do we know that that property value is still going to be there? So go figure. They're questioning now whether that property value that they pay today is going to be there two years from now. Right or wrong, like we don't know what the answer is. I don't think it's going to come down, but nonetheless, they yeah. in the back of their mind, they're thinking that maybe we've we've topped, and because the interest rates have gone up, you know, in their minds, they're thinking maybe the house values won't continue to go up, and they might even come down a little bit. So then they're looking at it, saying, so the house that we buy might be worth less. The house that we have now might be worth less than when we sell it two years from now, and the interest rates are significantly more. So maybe it's better for us to take a hundred thousand equity out of our home, renovate it because we love the location. We just want a new kitchen and we want to change the flooring. So why not do it here instead of going to buy a new build where uh, we don't know where we're going to be financially. This way they know exactly where they are financially. So just an interesting way of, of, you know, people, the way their minds have changed on real estate. And I'm certainly noticing it quite a bit. And I don't know if you are Dora, but I'm noticing the people are happy to just stay where they are and they don't want to get into the crazy game of of having to overpay for a price uh, or for a house that uh, they think isn't that much nicer than theirs that's i think that's for for if you sort of divide it into three classes so if we say first time buyers you know people sort of in one or in two first properties home. in in yeah. that first home second home and then um, seniors. So I think seniors are staying in their homes longer um, and are thinking if I sell my house in order for me to move into a smaller home, one with more with less maintenance, with less square footage, I'm paying as much as my my larger home. So I think those folks are tend to stay and they're doing some renovations and they're staying where they are. I think younger people are doing the same, but I I, I think that, you know, the significance of, of, if you look at the household income in Ottawa and you look at household income in the GTA, we're about a thousand dollars more on average per household than that of the GTA. Now, take it with a grain of salt because there are households in the GTA that have a much higher, there are households in the GTA that have a lower and we're sort of, you know, tend to be middle ish, but you know, can townhomes reach a million dollars here? Probably because they do in Toronto. Right. And so a few years ago when we said, you know, townhomes, we thought townhomes at 600 K were, we're uh, we're too much no, anyway no, we, we just kind of take a break <laughs> five two one talk five two one eight two five five we'll be right back <laughs> We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Want to finish your thought, Dora? <laughs> no. <laughs> I lost. <laughs> I was still talking through the whole break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mike, I guess if there's any good news with uh, rates going up, it's that if you have to get out of your mortgage, it's going to cost you less, right? What? It's not going to cost you less to get out of a mortgage? No. The penalty's not going to be smaller now the rates are higher? No. Why not? <laughs> not if you're with the big banks, unfortunately. Wouldn't it just be three months interest as opposed to rate differential? Here's the problem. I mean, number one, if you look at most of the banks, they really haven't changed their their posted rates that much, which is a good thing. If you're getting a mortgage today, the discount you're getting on your posted rate is much less. So getting out, if you just got a mortgage today, is is won't be as painful. It'll still be painful, but not as painful. But if you got a mortgage a year ago, and you're now sitting at 1.89%, let's say for a five-year fix, and something happens where you have to sell your house, and now you got four years left, Hate to tell you, but even though the banks are now selling a four-year mortgage in the, you know, let's say three and a half percent range, you would think that three months interest would come into play. But unfortunately, the banks will still take advantage of the penalty because what they will do is they will say, while well, our four-year posted rate is, again, let's use four and a half percent as the example, and we gave you a discount when you originally got the mortgage, we gave you a discount of three percentage points, so... So this is what the remaining rate is for the next three, four years that are remaining. This is how much the difference is. And you're still going to be facing an extremely high penalty because of the way they put the wording in there so that it protects them on all sides. Whether the rates go up or down, it doesn't matter. It's all about the posted rates for them. So uh, at the end of the day, I think the penalties are still going to be high, unfortunately, if you're with a major bank. If you're with a non-bank you will likely fall into the three-month interest category for sure. Anybody who got a mortgage um, over the last, pretty well over the last four years, will likely fall into the three-month interest if you have to break a mortgage that's in the uh, non-bank. It's with a non-bank. Should, don't you think these penalties should be regulated? First of all, I would, I would say get rid of the posted rate entirely. Your rate is your rate. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> and, and why, contract rate is contract rate. Why do we never hear discussions about this? Uh, I think the banks are very powerful and government agencies really won't. And, and listen, they're taxing the banks, you know, this one-time tax that they introduced at the budget. The banks aren't paying that tax. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, consumers are going to be paying that tax. There's no way that the banks are going to lower their net profits because this tax. They're going to increase their profits somehow and make sure that, um, you know, that tax is paid by consumers and not by uh, by their shareholders and not by the bank itself. So, uh, you know, the government's fooling themselves and fooling us by telling us that they're taxing the rich, but they're not. I mean, any any of these major corporations have figured it out. If, if, if they have to pay more tax, that tax will be passed on to consumers. They will not be paying it out of their pockets, 100%. I love that T word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Taxes haven't yeah. gone up municipally, though, have they? Not yet. Uh, MPAC is this year. But again, uh, you know, the interesting part about MPAC is that, you know, if if you read the fine print of MPAC and the way property taxes are established throughout the city, uh, there's actually, even though your property values might go up 25, 30% when you get your MPAC in, in uh, probably October, November is when they're going to start mailing them out. Reality is that your city uh, taxes may only go up three, four or 5% because, uh, the formula that they use is they actually know how much they have to collect in property tax, 
and they use that formula to determine how much the increase is. So with the new houses being built, more houses being built, I think that that number will stay fairly stable. We're going to see probably a bigger than normal increase, but it's not going to be to the to the effect of what property values have gone up. Um, you know, I had some time to do some research on how to calculate property taxes. And again, that number is going to go up, but it's certainly not going to be anywhere near uh, what the property values have gone up by. It, it would be crippling, right? Some property yeah, values would. have gone up 40, 42%. So if you, you know, in conjunction with higher interest rates, in conjunction with um, just our inflation, our cost of living, our cost of food, our cost of gas, our cost of everything, um, it would be crippling for people. So it's it's good to hear that you expect it to be lower than that. You don't anticipate yeah. any trouble over the next few years, eh, Frank, considering people had to qualify the last two, three years at, at the rate. They should still, even the rates, that if they have to renegotiate their mortgage, say, in two or three years, they should be all right, correct? They should be okay. That being said, again, uh, you know, circumstances are different for everybody, but I think there's going to be a handful of people that might, you know, that, that are able to afford their mortgage rate in the two, two and a half percent range that maybe they got a couple of years ago. But if it goes to four and a half percent, then all of a sudden that's a game changer for them and they may have to. Uh, what they, what I think we're going to see some people doing is, listen, anybody that bought with 5% down two years ago, their house has gone up, yes. you know, 30%, 35%. So, you know, at the end of five years, what's going to happen is they're probably going to refinance and reamortize it to 30 years to keep their payments in line. So I think we're going to see that as opposed to them just normally renewing it and just keeping with the same amortization because the rates have gone up. So they would be down to a 20 year amortization, but because the rates have gone from two and a half to four and a half, what we'll likely see is some, some most customers saying, you know what, can I reamortize it to 30 years to keep my payments at least fairly close to where I am today? Because I can't afford to make payments that much higher uh, moving forward. And you can reamortize an insured mortgage? You can reamortize an insured. Well, it becomes uninsured at that point. Like if you bought five percent down, it becomes uninsured. But again, for most people, it's not about whether it's insured or uninsured. And most people don't even understand what that is. You do get a little bit of a better rate if it's insured. But at the end of the day, for most consumers, it'll be about what's my payment going to be? Like, I right. need to make sure that the that's payment's right. going to be in line with our budget. And that's way more important than whether it's yeah. insured or uninsured. And whether if it's 10 basis points higher, I can eat the 10 points because at least I'm going to have a payment that, that allows me to live my life comfortably. Hey, Dora, when you're exploring the possibility of buying a condo and you're concerned about maintenance fees or how much money they've got in the bank, so you go to your lawyer, do people put that in as a condition? Or are you just taking your chances? Well, you know, traditionally, uh, a status certificate review is has always been a per part of a condo purchase. In the absurdity of what we saw in the last 24 months, there were plenty of condominiums that sold without status review. But we have um, changed our habits as listing agents and as consumers here, where the status certificate is now being ordered by the seller so that a lawyer is able to review that. And yes, it should definitely be a clause. And there's a way to, you know, protect the consumer as well as if, if there are going to be any special assessments, if there's going to be any changes to the condominium prices before possession from the time of purchase, that usually falls on the seller. So it is part of the offer. There are conditions for that. And it's, it's imperative that somebody review the, uh, the status certificate before you proceed with, uh, with the condominium purchase. Are there more dangers buying an older condo as opposed to a new condo or about the same risk? 
I, I loaded question. So older condos can have infrastructure challenges. Newer condos can have lower condo rates that quickly increase. Um, you know, a condo is not a condo is not a condo. So the, the apartment style condominiums with loads of amenities would be a little bit different than the townhouse condominium where, you know, common elements really are just a, a driveway, driveways, roadways and, and green space. So condominium townhomes, the, the owners tend to own the roof, the windows and all of the, the, outside of the house rather than um, infrastructure in, in an apartment. So different, different, different things to look at depending what type of condo you are buying. And regardless of what you're selling, is it true that the most lemons get the most money? If you put more lemons, if you put more lemons in so, your kitchen. <laughs> so for all of my clients that are listening, they will understand the joke. They, uh, um, lemons, if you put lemons on your counter, yes, your house will sell for more money. <laughs> 521 talk, 521-8255. We'll be right back. <laughs> We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back to the show. Let's go to beautiful downtown bars and say hello to Mark. Hello, Mark. Hey, how are Hi, you Mark. doing today? Yeah, we're great, thanks. Um, got a question mostly for Frank. Uh, so I just renewed my mortgage probably about four months ago in Orleans at about 2%. And I'm building a house uh, but out in the country. So I'm going to need to get another mortgage. So I'm wondering if rates are at like four or higher percent, uh, what are like uh, the conditions and the timeline? If I were to try to port that mortgage over, would I like, how would I schedule a closing date if I were to sell my rental property? Because my math saying if I have a $500,000 mortgage and it's at 4% instead of 2%, I'm paying about 10 grand more a year in interest. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out if that's yeah, worth assuming- it. Yeah, assuming your mortgage is portable, I mean, I think you want to time it. And every lender has different, like some lenders have as long as a year that you can transfer your mortgage. And then there's other lenders that are 30 days. So, uh, you know, uh, you got to find out from your institution what that time frame is. And, and then once you know what that time frame is, then you got to try and coordinate it so that you, you do have the ability to port the mortgage over by timing it properly. So uh, certainly, I mean, if you're at 2%, you definitely want to do everything you possibly can to try and port that mortgage over because you're absolutely right. When you're looking at 500 grand and two points, it's 10 grand a, a year. It's definitely worth trying to port that mortgage over. No question. And, and is there any uh, additional legal fees transferring over or would it just be the standard like refinance get a have a Lawyer. Yeah, you're going to have the legal fees. I'll tell you why, because you're taking it off of one property and adding it to yeah. another property. So you're going to go through the legal process because the the financial institution will want the lawyer to register the mortgage on their behalf. So uh, you're definitely going to you're going to uh, you know you're going to probably look at legal fees. You'll probably look at an appraisal if it's a new build. The the lender may may also want an appraisal on there. But at the end of the day, it's well worth it considering the savings that you're going to have based on today's rates versus what you have already. Yeah, and then if it's a tenanted property, does it should I list it earlier than it's just getting engineering permits right now, so it's definitely yeah. a while away. So I have tons of time to think about it. But if it's tenanted, do I need to probably get it listed earlier 
try to f- figure out a closing date or is it- well if it's a month to month tenancy right is that is that what it is or uh dora yeah, right they, well they, they signed a year lease about four months ago so it'll turn into month to month probably by the time like in about eight months yeah 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 so so it the if your tenants are there regardless of sale if somebody else is purchasing as an investment they have to give the right of first refusal to those tenants to stay um so it uh i would say i mean listing something now for a closing date of eight months from now is a little bit long just with the flux of interest rates so i'd say wait a little bit but uh, sooner than later and then if your tenants are intending to leave just make sure you have the proper documentation for that so that uh, we can you can um uh advertise that when you go up to sale to sell all right perfect appreciate the info thanks mark thanks mark perfect take care would four months do the job dora they give you enough time. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it's plenty of time. It just depends on whether or not the uh, the tenants are intending to stay, or if there's going to be vacant occupancy, and those can be really, really different for an average consumer. So, if somebody's purchasing it as an investment and they've got to take the tenant on, um, that rental price that they're paying has to stay with it. So, if the, I mean, in this case, it's not not uh, relevant because it's just been signed now. But if yeah. they had been there for 10 plus years their rent could be a lot lower yeah. so those those impact the sales but four months is is a good time for sure all right let's go to orlean say hello to connor hello connor hi uh, i have a i have a general question because we have some new blood on the show today uh, <laughs> is there is there ever a situation where you would advise and this is for anyone uh someone who owns their house to sell it and then rent <gasps> Uh, yes, I, I, I would. From a financial standpoint, I wouldn't. I've had to tell some clients that that's what they have to do because they are in so much debt that they're mm-hmm. just not living and their debt continues to go up because they're using other debt to pay off the existing debt. They just can't cash flow. So there mm-hmm. are times when you have to do that. But if you're doing it for like, I don't believe in selling real estate because you made good money over the last two years and then go rent because unless you truly believe that real estate values are going to come down, then it makes no sense to do that. That's the only reason that I would do that. Uh, unless you don't, just don't want to own anymore, then that's different. Or if appreciation, you anticipate appreciation being less than what you can make on that money in the stock market, right? But right. traditionally, real estate has, particularly in Ottawa, has just continued to climb and climb and climb. And year over year, you're, if you can afford to keep your home, I would recommend you keep your home. So someone that I know was actually advised by their investment advisor to sell and then rent. And this naturally involved then investing a lot of money with the proceeds right. of that person. And right. uh, it really- Well, then you have to ask yourself, are they giving advice based on what's best for that person or for themselves, the investment advisor that is? And if they're truly uh, doing that, like, uh, you know, one of the questions I would say is like, so did you do that? Like, a, do you own a home and did you sell your home and go rent? Because my money is that I bet you that investment advisor didn't do that for themselves. So- you know, again, it depends what your return on investment is. If you take $400,000 in equity and put it towards something that's going to give you 7%, if the houses only go up 4% year over year, I don't, it just depends, right? It's a but I'm going to say decision. that then. Then I'm going to say but something to, to offset that, right? You're Dora, spending $2,000 a month in rent that you're just 
giving to someone else to pay their mortgage. Well, that number one, and then number two, then that is taxable. The money you're making on that investment is taxable. Right. The money that your house is appreciating by is non-taxable. It is tax-free money. So to me, I would hang on to the real estate. That's my own personal opinion. Unless there's some guaranteed investment, which there isn't. Yeah. Uh, there really aren't any guaranteed investments out there. Uh, the ones that are guaranteed pay you one and a half, two percent, so it's not worth it. Yeah, agreed. <clears throat> yeah, but it did make my spidey senses go off when <laughs> you know any kind of investment advisor recommending to to sell and then invest with me a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. very questionable, nefarious area that you. I think people should be very cautious of. Don't forget, well, t- tell your friend if they do go down that route and decide to sell and invest their money. None. I've got buy, lemons. Buy a lot of lemons. Thanks, Connor. Don't do it. Rogers Media. Thanks, Connor. My opinions yeah. don't do it. Yeah. Right. Uh, agreed. Thanks, agreed. Connor. Yeah. Take care. What about Bye-bye. taking out a line of credit to invest? Not a good idea, Frank? Well, again, I mean, you've seen uh, so prime rates at 3.2 now, generally a home equity line of credit. Prime plus a half, so you're at three point seven. If you can get a significant return, I mean, I I would think if I'm going to do that, return has to be north of six percent for me to consider doing that. You know, I don't want to break even. Why would I take money out and invest it and maybe get a four percent return? What for? Like, what's the benefit of that? Now I've got the debt, yeah. so it have to be something that would guarantee me six or seven percent. I mean, obviously, I mean, you know, you know, our mortgage investment corporation has done returns of, you know, close to 7%, uh, you know, over the last seven years, but even that is not 100% guaranteed. I mean, you know, we expect it to continue with that. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I think you have to make your own personal decision. There are there are clients that have used their home equity line of credit to invest, whether it's with the MIC or other uh, avenues, and and more or less, most of them have done well. But there are some that have failed at it and regret doing it. So, just know what you're doing. That's all. What about we, what about taking all your equity and just going to the casino? <laughs> Unfortunately, too many people have done that too. Oh, Unfortunately, I've come across people that have racked up debt like no and thankfully the last two years i haven't seen much of it yeah uh but Mm -hmm. um unfortunately people do get some bad habits and uh and it impacts them tremendously so when your back's Mm -hmm. against the wall you hope against hope right yeah Mm, yeah yep birthdays frank so yeah i've got a couple uh lionel zeitzman uh our uh our it pro in our office celebrating his birthday today no vowels Uh, in there no vowels and wait another one big huge congratulations we were blessed last night to be part of uh, a special celebratory uh, hockey game the 67 sean reed who works for advanced mortgage investment corporation uh refereed his 1000th game last night wow. so we were wow. a number of us a hundred of us were at the uh at, at the td arena celebrating with them uh, with his family last night so Congratulations to Reader. That's that's one outstanding accomplishment. He's only forty two years old. And he's already done a thousand games. So wow. uh, good good for Sean. And of course, a happy Easter to everyone uh, mm-hmm. on this long weekend. Dory, got anything? Lemons? Uh, <laughs> no, no. My uh, my daughter has a really big exam today, so wishing her lots of positive energy and good luck. And who does that, an exam on Easter. a Saturday? <laughs> yeah. Saturday night, even. No. Yeah, Saturday. Yeah, my, yeah, my prediction, the grocery stores are going to run out of lemons this weekend, so hurry up and get them <laughs> soon. Anyway, 
Happy <laughs> Easter, happy Passover. It was great yep. as always to uh, to chat with you guys and, and oh, let's do it again. Time. Let's, let's again. do it again soon. Maybe next week, Dora. How do we get a hold of you, That's Dora? Right. Uh, Dora at paulrushforth.com or the office 613-788-2122. Frank N at mortgagebrokersottawa.com. Hey, Frank, who should we support? Oh, please, please, please continue to support local businesses and charities. They, uh, they've gone through a lot the last two years. Let's make sure that we do everything we can to help them. Have a great weekend. Great. Thanks. Take care. Bye, everyone.